Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello, and welcome to the Town Alone Podcast, the podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host as always, Adam Hess, and with me is Mike Too Much Too Norrigan. Mike Too Much Too Norrigan, how are you doing today? Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm doing great, Adam. Hey, do you know what the uh, Oklahoma State versus uh, Oklahoma rivalry is referred to? The incest bowl. No. No, that was the second voted one. But no, it's referred to as Bedlam. Just Bedlam? Not like the the Bedlam in Bikowski? I don't know when he says he's in Oklahoma outside of Oklahoma City. No, so it's referred to Bedlam. It's been going on since 1904. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. There's been 118 total meetings. Would you like to take a guess at what the overall record is? I'm going to guess exactly 500, Mike. Nope. Oklahoma leads it 91 to 20 to 7. <laughs> Seven ties. Seven ties. Apparently it's called Bedlam because the legend has it that in 1917 when Oklahoma State finally beat Oklahoma in like, I think it was like a seven to nothing shit game when I did my research, one of the writers in the newspaper said that like Bedlam broke out on the OSU campus. That's the legend as it goes. So fun little trivia to start the podcast, but it's funny that such like a legendary rivalry with an awesome name is extremely one-sided. But OSU got the last laugh as they beat the, they won in the final Bedlam matchup before Oklahoma runs off to the SEC. I'm uh, trying to find the oldest box score that I can for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, 1917, then referred to as Oklahoma A&M. Won the game nine to nothing. You know what the here's here's something wild, Adam. The first meeting in 1904, the final score was 75 to nothing. Oklahoma. <laughs> I didn't I just know the one from 1949 that was 41 to nothing. Yeah, I didn't know that back when like George Clooney and the Leatherheads were playing football that they could score 75 points. Boy, I really just can't find any like box scores with like player names or anything no uh what i do enjoy is that in the 1955 season they only had two conference games hmm. oklahoma won perfect 10 and 0 and then beat ok state uh 53 to 0 it was 1904 like the first one so i'm sure it was something like john christensen drops back passes the ball to chris johnson who Throws it over to Chris Smith. Um, I just pulled up the 1955 Oklahoma A&M Cowboys football team. Is that either one of these teams? Why did that pull up? Yeah, because before they were OK State, they were Oklahoma A&M. Oh. Big fan of the... Never mind. I was a big fan of the fast food chain, but that would be A&W. Uh, their leading receiver for that season was Chester Spencer with 319 receiving yards. He was a monster. I remember Chester Spencer. I remember watching <laughs> yeah. him. Like this kid can cook at the next level. Chester Spencer, once again, 319 receiving yards, uh, received first team all Missouri Valley Conference honors. Mm. The uh, the MVC. Now there was a conference. There was a conference. You know what? Fuck the podcast day. We're just talking about Oklahoma State Oklahoma matchups from the 1940s. Well, at least Jr. will be listening. 
her. Mike, do you? Okay, yeah, it's, it appears to still be a thing. Mike, do you do you want to try to guess a single team currently on the Missouri Valley Conference? Georgia State. No. Are they FCS or FBS? This is men's basketball. I think I don't think that they. I don't <laughs> I, think they have a uh, football team anymore. I have no fucking clue. Conference. Uh. Belmont State, Bradley University, Drake University, University of Evansville, University of Illinois Chicago, there you go, UIC, Indiana State University, Missouri State University, Murray State University, University of Northern Iowa, Southern Illinois University, and Valparaiso University. Valparaiso. There's a notable NBA player that came out of Murray State. Yeah, Jamal Ooh. Murray. That's why they call it Murray State. Yeah, that's right. Where was uh, where where'd, where'd John Morant play? John Morant played at Murray State. I knew it. So did Cameron Payne. Murray State, oh, wow. low key great football college or basketball college. Yeah, huh. they're one of the Marcus Brown played there in 1996. I don't have a recollection. Do you mean Marcus Matt? No, not Marcus Matt. Oh, okay. Do you mean Bruce Brown? Yeah, Bruce. I mean, as as much as it seems like Bruce Brown has been in the NBA since 1996, uh, yeah. I don't think he has been. Okay. All right. I guess we can talk about the boring NFL. The Wait, no how about 1948 league. seventh round NBA draft pick Don Regan? Hey, hey. There we go. Nice <laughs> try to trick me, but I know the NBA wasn't around back then. Mike, okay, seriously, we got to start talking about football here in a second, but I just got to ask you. 1948, seventh round draft pick, Don Regan. What team drafted him? Boston Celtics. No. Actually, fun fact, uh, few people know this, Mike, but there has never been a player that played at Murray State drafted by the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'll say, what were the Lakers before? Was it like the Minnesota Lakers or some shit? Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, the Chicago Stags. Oh, the Stags, dude. You should get a Stags jersey. That'd be super hipster <laughs> in Chicago. Like, I'm a Stags guy. You know me. Big Stags guy here. Yeah. Every party you go to by yourself. Wow. That, does that joke even register in 2023? <laughs> does anyone even know what that fucking means? Going Stag. For the kids out there who don't know. Well, uh, this is a football podcast, if you couldn't tell by us talking about Murray State for the last... 45, 50 minutes. We are entering into week 10 of the NFL season. Does that sound right? Yeah, how time flies. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You know, feels like just last week I was watching the Chargers play the Jets on Monday Night Football. I think along with the going stag reference, that was the second old man thing I said today with, yeah, time flies. Can you believe it's November already? (laughs) It was just October. And now it's the following month. Why are you a Jewish grandfather for this? <laughs> That's like my go-to old man voice for some reason. Oy vey, Dios mio. So we want to start with kind of, you know, this is the halfway point, but we're, we now have an odd number of games in the season. So it's not really the halfway point. It's just kind of the halfway point of every team. Mm-hmm. So we want to start by going through and uh, kind of revisiting and, and coming up with our Playoff brackets, nine weeks into the season. I wrote off wrote a whole bracket, like, all the way to the Lombardi. I have full box scores for each game. <laughs> now, how many of them involve Don Regan? 
He's, Don Regan pops off <laughs> against the Baltimore Colts. What were we doing back in the day? 1971, someone drafted at Murray State, 144th pick overall. Way too many uh, dra- rounds this of the is draft. The NBA. Also, okay, we really got to stop doing this. But I just want to point out Don Regan drafted seventh overall, or in the seventh round, 76 pick overall. How many picks were there per round? Six? Possibly 11. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, got to figure out a way to edit around that to make it sound like all that Murray State talk was at once in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. Figure we'll just go through round by round here, talk about who we have and who we have winning, and uh, get go through AFC, then NFC, then talk Super Bowl? Sounds lovely. All right. Well, I'll start off. I'll tell you who I have my wild card round. Mm-hmm. So I have Browns at Ravens in the wild card round, Bills at Jaguars, Bengals at Dolphins. So my seeding, I have Chiefs, Ravens, Jags, Dolphins, Bengals, Bills, Browns, in that order. Okay, we're not too far off here. So I also have... KC as the one seed getting the bye. I got number two seed against number seven seed, number two Baltimore against number seven seed Houston. I got number, this we're spot on here, number three seed Jacksonville against number six seed Buffalo. Changed my tune a little bit since last week. <laughs> and then I got number four seeded Miami against number five seed Cincinnati. Yeah, so we have two of the same games, and basically mm-hmm. you just put in Houston where I have Cleveland. Yeah, you're, all your Houston, you, you point out Houston's week schedule, and I was like, oh, yeah, they can, they can make the playoffs. It's there. I see it. Yeah, and the AFC North has, like, a ridiculously hard schedule remaining. Like, both the mm-hmm. uh, Bengals and the Ravens have two of the hardest remaining strength of schedules. So we'll see how that really levies out. Um, but I kind of have some faith in those teams. All right, Mike. So in this round, I have... Ravens over Browns, Bills over Jaguars, and Bengals over Dolphins. Who'd you have winning in the wild card round? I have Baltimore over Houston. And the Jacksonville against Bills matchup. No way we're losing twice to these jabronis. We won't be back in London. You're not getting lucky again. So I got Bills over Jaguars. And then I have Cincinnati over Miami. You said that like that was a big reveal. That's what I said like <laughs> 90 seconds ago. The nasty natty. Side note, my girlfriend just texted me a screenshot of Mike McDaniels today oh, yeah. and said that she loves this man. Yeah. Yeah, he's... She, she doesn't watch football. He has an endearing look. Does he? No. He looks like the assistant manager of a vape store. He looks like the creepy IT guy who people try not to talk to. I told her, and she, so she didn't even know about his whole runs as fast as he can away from interviews at the end of the interview thing. Mm-hmm. So what is there to love about him? She doesn't care about cheat motion or anything like that, right? Maybe you should spend more time getting your girlfriend. I'll just tell you. <laughs> I also explained to her the Jalen Waddle touchdown dance where he waddles like a penguin. So I think my girlfriend's a Miami Dolphins fan now. All right. So divisional round. I think that we both have the same thing here. Bills at Chiefs, Bengals at Ravens, correct? Yes, sir. Who'd you have winning? Going on to the conference Chom- championship? The conference championship, or the yeah, that's what you said. Um, so I'd like to stay a homer here, but I can't because the Bills secondary is just too beat up. Patrick Mahomes would kind of pick him apart. So I have Kansas City 
And that guy spent chalkier Kansas City against Baltimore, the one versus the two in the AFC final. I also have that, but mine's more based off of what has history shown us. Because no matter how beat up the Bills secondary is, are they really worse than the Chiefs receiving group? Kelsey would have 250 yards. Yeah, if Matt Milano was still there, man, mm-hmm. be a different, different conversation. All right, so we have the same conference championship, Ravens 2, Chiefs 1. We'll get to who's going on to the Super Bowl here in a second. Let's go. Uh, let's hop over to the NFC, go through our brackets there. All right, Mike, my seeding for the NFC, I have Eagles 1, 49ers 2, Lions 3, Falcons 4, Cowboys 5, Seahawks 6, Saints 7. Okay, so we're similar in the wild card picks, but we vary in our seeding for the division winners. Mainly the top three, because, oh no, wait a minute. You could just tell me. You could just tell me your seed. All right. So I actually have number one seed seeded Detroit Lions because of their pretty weak, pretty weak schedule. I think they can pull it off. Number two, Philadelphia Eagles. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, And then facing the Eagles, I'd have my the number seven seed Saints. Facing the Niners, my number six seed Seahawks. And then facing Atlanta, the number five seeded Dallas Cowboys. I like how we're both. After this many weeks of watching the Falcons and on Monday, me complaining about how the Falcons are bad, we're both still like, well, but they're going to be the four seed. Yeah. Division's terrible. Let me ask you this. Would you be in favor of them getting rid of the division winner gets home field in the wildcard round rule? Um, no, because I think it's funny. Because some dog shit. NFC South team's going to get home field against a much better Cowboys team. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten the Beast Quake if it wasn't for that. So, That's true. That was what? Uh, were, they, they, were they 9-7 and seven or 7-9? Seven they were 7-9. Seven 7-9 and nine. Seven and nine Seahawks team knocking off the five-seed Saints. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a year that one of the NFC East teams, I think it might have been Washington, was like, a game under 500 or maybe exactly 500. It might've been eight, eight and one the first year that we went to the 17 game schedule mm-hmm. and they got a home field game against Tampa Bay. Oh yeah. That was the Heineke dive into the end zone game. Yeah. And Tampa Bay went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm. All right, Mike, my divisional round, I have the, well, I should say I have the Cowboys lions and 49ers winning, uh, which I think is probably chalk. If you look at the betting odds, mm-hmm. those are probably the three favorites in, in my Bracket. So I have the number five Cowboys against number one Philadelphia Eagles, which would be a great divisional playoff game and terrifying. If you're a Cowboys fan, they're going to lose three or four straight years in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And the number three lines against the number two 49ers. Okay. Uh, I think we're coming out with similar outcomes basically. Cause I have number one Detroit against number five Dallas. And then I have, Number two, Philadelphia against number three, San Francisco. So my my universe is the NFC East rematch and yours is the conference championship rematch. Yeah. I think you and I have the same divisional round in both conferences, just the seeding's a little different. Same final four, though, from each conference. Uh, Conference championship, I have the number two 49ers against the number one Eagles, which obviously you can't do because in your bracket, those two teams play each other in the divisional round. Correct. So... And my Detroit-Dallas matchup, I 
Jared Goff against Micah Parsons? Like, what are we doing here? Dallas wins that game. And then in my Eagles-Niners matchup, Jalen Hurts has struggled against the tough defenses this year. I think the Niners get him this year. And I got a San Francisco-Dallas NFC Championship game, which the NFL would love. We almost had that last year, too. And we lost it for Philly, San Francisco, and then every quarterback on the 49ers got hurt. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. My Super Bowl, I have Ravens-Eagles. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? San Francisco beats Dallas. I got a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. San Francisco versus Baltimore. You think the lights go out again? <laughs> Someone just by there with the switch, waiting for San Francisco to get the lead. The entire time, turns out, it's Connor Stallions. He's working for both Harbaugh's. <laughs> he has a whole Harbaugh manifesto. All right, Mike. Who is your 2023-2024 Super Bowl champion? It'd be a great Super Bowl, but it comes down to this. Brock Purdy against an elite secondary. You're 2024? Or I guess technically 2023 Super Bowl winner. The Baltimore Ravens. Harbaugh gets number two. I also have the Ravens, which I like this one a lot more than their last one. Yeah. No one wants Joe Flacco to have a Super Bowl ring. No, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Didn't he win, like, Super Bowl MVP that year? Or was that the year he won regular MVP? He never won regular MVP. Did he not? I thought he had that one season where he went on a tear. No one from Delaware is allowed to win MVP. What about Murray State? Can people from Murray State win MVP? So we'll see what John Morant does. So 10 weeks into the season, we officially have hit the point where we are full-on picking the Baltimore Ravens to win Super Bowl. Yeah, we are both totally purple-pilled. That sounds oddly gross. <laughs> How did two people win the MVP in 2003? That can't be right. Right? They were tied? Wait, why 2003? You mean 2000? Wait, what? What's up, buddy? Why are you looking at 2003? Or you just pulled up a full list and noticed that? Yeah, I pulled up a full list and I just noticed it. Yeah, Peyton Manning and Steve McNair both won MVP. Steve McNair, RIP. This is the most recent season without a consensus MVP. Steve McNair's dead? Yeah, happened a few years ago. Pretty sudden. Greatest QB in Titans history. Is that the only time we've had two MVPs? Looks like it. That's wild. Yeah, they must have, like, Exactly tied? Yeah, they must have added, like, an extra voter or something next year. How are we not talking about this more? (laughs) It should be the headline on all sports podcasts this week. I mean, we're 20 years removed. It looks like it's the only season with two MVPs. How is this not a bigger... Seriously, how is this not a bigger topic of conversation? (laughs) I think... I mean, it probably was at the time. You're just two decades late to the conversation. It's kind of like me when I watch Blackfish. (laughs) <laughs> like what well, was that like seven years late and i was like we, we gotta do something about sea world they're out of control all right well welcome to the town podcast the official podcast where we know that two people won mvp in the year 2003 and that sea world is evil jim ursay hates sea world <laughs> we must save jim- all the whales jim ursay hates sea world almost as much as he hates pain running backs i'm waiting for him to just pull an air raid on sea world in orlando or wherever the hell it is Start airlifting all those, all those uh, orca whales out of there. <laughs> it is crazy that that fucking whale story with him that he paid 
like $25 million to save a whale. And then before he could save the whale, the whale still died. But it still cost him $25 million. And he was like really bummed out about it. I'm laughing because I'm imagining, you know, normal day at SeaWorld. And they're doing their little tricks and shows. And kids are like, yeah, the fishies. And all of a sudden, you just hear Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> just blaring. As a fleet of, I don't know, some sort of jet that could hold a whale. I was going to say, they, I was. Don't you think he'd be playing Meek Mill? Well, that, that's less fun because it doesn't have the reference to Apocalypse Now. You're right. It's much more fun to reference Apocalypse Now aside from the Twitter <laughs> thing that was popular a week ago. Yeah. I'm retro. I'm cool. I'm hipster. I only watch things on film. I'm like Quentin Tarantino. I have you also have an obsession with feet, so that makes sense. That part is not true. Feet disgust me. What the fuck are we doing? Where are we? I don't know, man. I, I got to be honest with you. With the the Falcons same game parlay, not having enough, uh, not not being able to to be made because player props aren't out until Friday. Yeah, you got to fill some time talking about Murray State at some point in the podcast and feet. So you, and you don't want to spend forty five minutes breaking down the Clayton Tune. Uh, Jesse Bates matchup. He didn't really run the tape on that. <laughs> hey, what college Clayton Tune go to? Wisconsin. Uh, is he either the best Wis- Wisconsin quarterback of all time. Oh, it's either Wisconsin or Nebraska. I'm gonna stick That's with. Right. I'm gonna stick with the Beavers. Let's find out. Or the Woodchucks, wherever the fuck they are. Has there ever been a good quarterback out of Nebraska? I don't know if there's ever been a good quarterback out of the Big Ten West. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, the Tune went to. Houston. That's so fucking wrong. Uh, Purdue. Aiden O'Connell. How dare you? How dare you say that no Actually, good quarterback has ever been out of uh, Big Ten West? Drew Brees. Purdue. Oh, yeah. That guy, too. He went to Purdue. <laughs> Didn't the love of your life go to one of these schools? Why, uh, Wyoming. That's it's Mountain West Conference. Oh, God. There's too many conferences in college football, man. We and need to have, like, two. Mountain two conferences. West is, Mountain West is a group of five. They're not Power Five. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't think any of this is staying in the podcast. You got your Power Five conferences, your Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, SEC, ACC. Then you have what's called the Group of Five conferences, and they're the conferences with all the smaller schools that the football playoff committee. You'd have to go like 12-0 and and somehow beat a good team if you want to be seriously considered. Is UCF Group of Five? What are they... A few years back, it's probably been longer, but it feels like it's just in the rear view. Well, no. Yeah, but probably for about like the last three years now, three or four years, they moved to the Big 12, where they're basically getting kicked around. Well, so the Falcons play the Cardinals this week. Your thoughts on that? What's up? (laughs) The Battle of the Birds. The Cardinals (laughs) versus the Falcons. Desmond Ritter versus Clayton Toon. Nope, Taylor Heineke. Um... Oh, Ritter's still out? Oh, Ritter's benched, brother. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. You see Arthur Smith shaved his mustache? I didn't. <laughs> I don't know if that he makes him... He shaved his mustache in Is hopes that... that it would it would stop their turnover problems. One, I love the suspicion, because I'm a big, like, sports, a superstitious sports guy. Um, and two, I don't know if that makes him look less creepy or more creepy. Uh, let's see. According to CBS Sports, Falcons QB situation, Arthur Smith says starting starter going forward will be named after bye week. Uh, so it's still Taylor Heineke this week. Okay. Um, yeah, 
Arthur Smith kind of seems like he's he really wants to be more of a football guy than he is. Like, he wants people to think, like, that Arthur Smith is the Mike Vrabel of the NFL. But he's still, like, a billionaire's son, and that really, really hurts his stock. I don't... What what kind of gym regiment would Arthur Smith have to get on to be the Mike Vrabel of the NFL? He, oh, wow, he's actually looked up some pictures. He's a little more built than I thought. My apologies. Yeah, he's he's a little more built, but he's got, he's got, like, a hunch. Like, he, he, like, walks around like this. He could have scoliosis, you, you inconsiderate fuck. Boy, this is a weird one, eh? Um, I'm kind of digging it. It's a, it's a weird vibe. I'm loving it. So, Falcons, this is a Falcons podcast, official Falcons podcast of town alone. Last check, Falcons minus two is the current spread over under 42 and a half. Mike, this, watching this one twice might kill me. Yeah, I can't, believe, me. I can't believe you're going to do it. I would not watch a game day and just watch it on the all 32. All 32, you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the move. So, did you know that the Cardinals have a 90.9 run grade on PFF? Uh, this is why I'm always suspicious of PFF, because sometimes they get stuff real fucking wrong. Sometimes it's, it can be one of two things. You don't do something a lot, which helps your grade, or in this case, all they can do is run it at this point. So That's all they did last week. Like I said, down 27, only threw the ball 10 times. Yeah. 20 times. Yeah, but after another week, the tune's going to have the playbook downloaded. He's going to be ready to go. I just want to point out, you called it the all 32, which was too many, and then I was 10 under on the Clayton Tune passing. I think we're evened out now, but I need you not to fuck up any more math, because then it's going to mess me up later on. Okay. I'm sorry. I think uh, James Conner is back this week, too, right? Or he's good to go? God, are you really? Th this game could not be any less interesting, could it? Are you trying to sell me on James <laughs> Conner being back? The guy who was born when he was still on the Steelers. James Conner might be, no offense to Arnold's, Arnold Schwarzenegger's favorite football player, but I don't know if there's a more boring football player. Like when you say his name, I just start to fall asleep than James Conner. Keep in mind, he's averaging 5.4 yards an attempt this year, but in my head, I'm, I still think of him as like a 2001, he averaged 3.7. In my head, that's always James Conner. Yeah, he's the Prius of running backs. He's going to run efficient, but it's not going to do anything for you. James Conner's made himself a lot of money from those Pittsburgh years. He's never broke a thousand yards. You know How is that possible? I don't know. He's been in the NFL 45 years. His best season was 973, his second year in the league. It'd be what? great if he got to like 997. Ooh, I'd be pissed. I'd and be so pissed like, if I got to 997. Last play of the season, they're calling a run, but Conner's not the running back in the game. Or they audible out of a run. He has He has some sort of player bonus in his contract and the Cardinals owner is just just like steals the headset and is screaming to the offensive coordinator. Bolkana, Bolkana. <laughs> Who is the Cardinals owner? I don't know the voice that was. Jim Mercer. Um Yeah, both these teams are terrible on offense. The, the, that's part of the reason this game's gonna suck, right? Like Falcons, 24th ranked by EPA per play, 22nd ranked by success rate. They haven't had a running back break 70 yards since week four, which I know. Seems like a specific stat. But are you showing up to watch Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter throw the ball? No. Well, Heineke right. kind of. <laughs> Even Heineke. Right. That, that's not what you're showing up to watch. So why aren't these running backs doing shit either? Yeah, the over-under is 43 and a half. I'm really liking the under here. Yeah, I can't imagine one or both of these teams hitting 20 points. Yeah, this, this game just really feels like 
seventeen to nine Falcons for me. Uh, by the way, I just listed Falcons EPA per play and success rate. Cardinals twenty ninth ranked EPA per play, also twenty ninth ranked success rate on offense. Amongst QBs with at least 20 snaps, Clayton Toon is dead last in EPA per play. Oh, thank that being God. said, he's played one game, and it was terrible. I'm just glad if you ignore the games played, there's finally someone behind Bryce Young. <laughs> My priors desperately needed that. Hey, do you, do, you want, do you want to go ahead and just call me out on the podcast? You got to be more specific. There's a lot I could call you that out for. I, uh, in our startup draft, I spent a first-round pick on Bryce Young and then just went ahead and offloaded him this past week for a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. First, well, first-round pick in the startup draft. And yeah. then this week, traded him away for a first-round pick in the next year's rookie draft. Yeah, I... Like, the person I traded him to was originally texting me about Dak, and I was like, I, like, I was like Bryce Young's unplayable, so I need Dak right now. He was like, are you going to keep Young? I was like, I could be persuaded, depending on the offer. And he sent me a first for Young, and I was like, you got a deal. I spent a first on him, and even though a startup first is more valuable, I just wanted to get a first back, so we're good. That's like like if someone took Josh Rosen and traded him for a seventh, but just on the little card they got when it was finished, just put white out over it so it looked like a one. (laughs) Yeah. I got two first-round picks. I like this QB class. Hopefully I can get one. We'll see. I guess this is the one time where I'll allow fantasy talk because it's the one time I don't think fantasy talk is worse than talking about the actual game. <laughs> Falcons, Cardinals. Fever off. Uh, Falcons defense still fairly stable. 12th ranked EPA per play. Still number one on rush defense. Uh, Cardinals have allowed the second most first downs uh, or first down success rate per game. It the Falcons are going to win this. It's probably not going to be that close. I mean, it's the, the minus two line leads me to believe the Vegas knows something I don't. But this Cardinals team is not very good. Clayton Toon is not very good. They've already said Kyler Murray isn't coming back this week, but might come back next. If Kyler Murray comes back, this is much more competitive. I I just think Vegas is down on the Falcons more than maybe we are since they're the official talent alone team for this season i'm pretty down on the falcons right now i don't know if you've heard me talk the last few weeks i'm pretty down too i just think vegas might be even more down if falcons lose this one it's really not a good look like it's it's yet the sad part is they'll probably still be have a chance in their shit division uh betting wise like i said we we usually on our thursday slash friday show usually friday show this week thursday we usually have a same game parlay we build but due to player props not coming out until Fridays, we don't have player props. So I'm just saying, whenever they come out, bet Bijan overs and bet Falcons minus two. This Cardinals run defense is Swiss cheese. Yeah, I'd even... FanDuel has it at minus one and a half right now. I'd, just, I'd bump it up just to like minus two and a half. Just take the field goal win. Minus seven. Minus eight. <laughs> minus seven. Just go wild. <laughs> hey, Mike, you want to talk about some better football? Yeah, this is an okay week. All right, so week 10. Every Thursday slash Friday, we go through. We each pick a game of the week and then talk about a few others. I'll start with my game of the week, which I think is the game of the week. It is Texans at Bengals. Maybe not an on-paper 
hyper-important game, but easily the most compelling quarterback matchup of the week. Line right now, Cincy minus 6.5, over-under 47. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are questionable. Jamar Chase landed on his back, and Chris Collinsworth had a whole bit about it on uh, Monday Night Football. He would not shut up. He's, he's going to feel that in the morning. He's going to – no one talk to him in the morning because he's going to be like, ow, my back. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't add anything funnier than that. Yeah. <laughs> Texans are 4-4, four and four, and C.J. Stroud currently has 279 attempts and one interception. Currently leads the league with inter- interception percent at 0.4. Mike, there is one person ahead of him for a regular season interception percentage. So that's all time. What one NFL quarterback and season was it that was better than CJ Stroud's current interception percentage? About to blow your mind here when I nail this. It was Cam Newton's MVP season. Cam Newton threw like 15 picks that season. But how many touchdowns? <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna change that. How about the Manning Monster Bronco season he had there? 2015 when he threw 60 touchdowns or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers in 2018. Ugh. <laughs> what is what is uh, your anti-Rodgers thing? Is it the COVID thing or is it no? Is it the hair? Uh, well, his his COVID takes are are wrong. It's that he is the most self-centered, up his own ass quarterback I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you love Terrell Owens. So he any all of, over the years. All the Rodgers upset, Rodgers want to trade news over the last like three years. All of that stuff got leaked by Rodgers in his camp. Always at times when people were not talking about him. And it's like a little LeBron James just like cranked up to 11 is that he can't stand not being in the headlines. And it drives me insane. And he goes on Pat McAfee's podcast and just everything he says is so like, stop smelling your own farts on air, bud. Like, just stop. So I've always said, never trust a quarterback who went to Cal. Yeah. Fucking Jared Goff. But they're running backs. Marshawn Lynch. Mm, there you go. Pretty sure he went to Oakland. No, he went to, he went to Cal. Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, going into this game, Bengals are on a four-game win streak. Man, the, when, you, when you start digging the numbers, it's like super compelling. From week five on, Joe Burrow is number two in EPA per play and success rate. Like, he's been on a fucking tear, man. Yeah. So is Stroud. I want him the Josh Allen of the AFC. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just put go full stop on that one and say, I'm going to push back on one thing. Because I think you said that this isn't the most, the biggest matchup as far as like the implications of it. But these are two wild card teams. This is big. This is important. This is an important game for both teams. You really think Houston's going to make the wild card? I guess you do. We talked about that earlier. We literally just went over this. Yeah, I mean, you pointed out last week, the schedule, after the Bengals, they have Cardinals, Jags, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. Now, keep in mind, their defense is bad. And Stroud is a rookie quarterback, so he could have a couple weird stinkers in there, especially against the Browns and probably the Jets. Those ones could get hairy. But they can beat the Titans twice. They can beat the Colts. They can beat the Broncos. So that is another... Four wins right there, plus the Cardinals they can beat. That's another five wins. That gets them to nine and four. They get this one to get the head-to-head advantage over the Bengals, plus get to double to hopefully help them get to double-digit wins. Stroud crowd. 
being like, what would he be like the third quarterback to get to how many? That's more than that. Way more than that. Yeah, I don't know the rookie QB number. Uh, yeah. I do know that the only rookie QB to play in a Super Bowl is Ben Roethlisberger. And Brock Purdy. Oh, he didn't make the Super Bowl. Sorry. He didn't play the Super Bowl there, brother. He did not. Roethlisberger <laughs> didn't make it to the Super Bowl as a rookie year. He did. No, he didn't. He did. No, in 2005, they got they had that unreal 13-3 and season, but or 14-2 and maybe? Something wild, but then he got beat in the playoffs by the Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. No. <laughs> I just pulled up a thing. <laughs> the Steelers were not in the Super Bowl in 2004. I don't know what to tell you. This is according to Opta analysts. Did you just make a website in that short period of time to put your fake news out? I'm just that damn good. Yeah. Like I was saying, they lost in the AFC Championship game to the New England Patriots. <laughs> like you said. Hey, I'm the one that gets to edit this. It's going to sound like I was real smart this whole time. Mm-hmm. They were 15 and one, by the way. Yeah. Very good year. Anyways, you want to go back and talk about football this year? Or you want to just keep talking about early 2000s football? Yeah, so Falcons Cardinals. <laughs> uh, my final score prediction right now, as much as I love CJ Stratton, I'm still going 31-28 Bengals. Houston covers since he wins it. Oddly specific prediction, Trey Hendrickson and Will Anderson combine for four sacks. Oh, I like that one. Last week, my one was way off. I think my, my prediction last week was Jalen Waddle over 100, Tyree Kill under 50. Hill mm-hmm. didn't have a great game, but Waddle didn't either. So neither one of them. Like, Hill had like 68 yards, and Waddle wasn't anywhere close to 100. Yeah. What did you... What do you think... And if you, did, if you said it, I apologize. What do you think Stroud's box score looks like? I didn't say it. I do think that this is a solid defense. I don't know. I think that we probably get like the typical Stroud box score, right? Like 249, a touchdown, no interceptions. Yeah. Maybe even two touchdowns. I'm going one. Okay. I'm not getting right. risky out here, you know? Yeah. I'm not a madman. All right, Mike, you want to give me your game of the week? Yeah. So my game of the week, I think is in your list is one of your other notables. But I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Earliest. Detroit. Someday. Someday. I'm going Detroit at the Chadges. Moving on. Now, um, this is a, another good one. LA got, got a good win. <laughs> okay, I guess you can't say beating the Jets is a good win, but they looked a little more put together. Uh, this one is also has some playoff implications. As I mentioned, I think Detroit has a really good shot at the number one seed. They have this game and a Dallas game as their toughest remaining. So split here, don't lose to shitty teams, and I think they lock in the one seed. Interesting that you bring that up, Mike. Why? Because, first off, just always like to lay this out for people, the line right now, Lions minus three, over under 48 and a half. Uh, Here are the Chargers' wins this season. You ready? Mm -hmm. Vikings, Raiders, Bears, and Jets. Not good teams. No, they've think... they've won against teams with a 4.30 win percentage. Mike, here are their losses so far. Hold on. Dolphins, Titans, Cowboys, Chiefs. All yeah. the good teams they've played, they've lost to. Correct. I think in my head, don't. <laughs> um, in my head. 
I still only give I had them... waited on my cranberries reference. <laughs> yeah, I still give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt because they're quarterback. Which I'm probably wrong. Interesting, you would say that, Mike. I gotta stop teeing you up like this. Since Herbert injured his finger, he has the 20th ranked drop back success rate, which means he is currently the 20th best quarterback at getting enough yards per play to be on track to get a first down. 20th since his finger injury. He's behind Bryce Young. Yes. I'm really trying to scramble for a pushback to that. Is his, his, cause is his finger better now? Does he still have the big old splint on it? Yeah, he still got the big old splint on it, unless something changed yeah. between Monday and now. But at least his hands are big enough to grip a football. Get Unlike up, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. On the Chargers side of things, you mentioned they're not a, as good of a team as we would have hoped. And also, if they want to make the playoffs, they can't fuck around anymore. They are 4-4. Four and four. You have the Bills five and four, Browns, Bengals, Steelers five and three, and then Houston four and four. That is a crowded wild card picture, and every loss, every game is precious for this Chargers team. I don't know. Joey Bosa had some nice plays against the Jets. They got rid of J.C. Jackson. Maybe he was just bringing the whole secondary down. Um, I don't. I don't know. Detroit hasn't played well when a team could push back against them. I feel like it's the one-sided games where they've really excelled at, with the exception of the Chiefs. So, if the finger doesn't slow Herbert down enough, this could be a tough one for Detroit. But still, I think Detroit is a better team. So, I will go ahead and take Detroit 27-21. to And my extremely specific prediction is a tip ball leads to an Aiden Hutchinson interception. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Lions end up winning this one. I just don't think that this Chargers team is very good. I think that you got to give the coaching advantage to Detroit. And I think that while Herbert is significantly a better quarterback than Jared Goff, and Kellen Moore is a pretty good offensive coordinator, whatever it is with his, his left hand is fucking him up. Uh, you know, an injury is an injury. It doesn't matter if it's on his throwing hand or non-throwing hand. And he just hasn't been as good. Yeah. I, I almost want to change my score prediction to 27-24 based off of the possibility that the Chargers could be down 27-21 to 21 and Staley will have like fourth and five from like the 28 and they'll kick the field goal with like five minutes left in the game. Which if, if you are following your predictions there, bet, don't bet the spread because that'll push, but bet the over. Really? Yeah. It's over under is 48 and a half. Yeah, 48 and a half. Yeah, it's just unfortunate the Chargers offense isn't what we thought it would be. I still think the offense is good, right? It's just Herbert's been banged up. They lost yeah. Mike Williams, who was apparently the most integral part of this offense. Austin Eckler hasn't been good. Herbert's hurt. Brandon Staley kneecaps them with his fourth down decisions. All right, Mike, some of my other games, I have Niners-Jags on here. Currently, San Francisco minus three, over under 45 and a half. Both teams coming off a bye. It's got to be rare. I wonder how often that happens per season. 
has to be at least once. There you go. <laughs> so, like I said, San Francisco minus three. Kind of like the Jags in this one. Is that insane? Am I blowing your freaking mind? No, I like the Jags, too. All right. Well, there kind of goes my whole... I thought you were going to take the 49ers, and we'd argue about it. Yeah. <laughs> 49ers are getting healthier, but Trent Williams is still going to probably be out for this one. Debo's back, though. Debo. There you go. From week one to five, Brock Purdy was number one in EPA per play. Mike, since week five, so week five to present, where do you think he ranks in EPA per play? 24th. 18th. Mm. From week one to five, the 49ers defense was fifth in EPA per play. Mike, since week five, where do you think the 49ers defense ranks in EPA per play? Um, don't only give up a ton of points to the Bengals. They were fifth, you said? Yes. I'm going to say they dropped to 12th. 29th. Jesus Christ! Who did... Refresh my memory. Did they lose someone important on the defense? I'm not remembering. They've they've had like injuries here and there. Okay, just like, like banged up players. Yeah, like Hufunga was out for a minute. I think Fred Warner missed some time. They, I mean, they've they've had injuries, but they're also bringing in Chase Young now. Oh fuck, dude! Chase Young and Nick Bosa, and they also have the rotation, so they're gonna have Jalen Hargrave rotating in too. Like it's yeah, a game, good defensive line. This game's gotta be on one of the screens. On the other hand, Jacksonville hasn't lost since week three. In that time, they beat Atlanta, Buffalo, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh. You know what their, their point differential is right now, Mike? Oh. I mean, you want an actual number? Yeah. Let me do the math now. Uh, 84. Plus 55. No, way too high. I apologize. <laughs> We're going to learn some stuff in this one. Yes. This is going to be, like, we're going to come out of this being like, I understand the Jaguars and 49ers a little bit better than I did. Yeah. My big thing. Your penis? hey <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to brag, but. um, I mentioned it when we were talking about the trade deadline that on paper, some of the numbers in the PFF grades. The pass block specifically has been a bit of an issue for the Niners, and they're facing Josh Allen this week. That is no easy assignment. And I am I'm out. I'm out on the purd. I, I was holding steady, waiting to see how it goes. Strong start to the year. Turnovers are becoming a problem. I'm out on the purd. I actually, at as much as I fade the Jaguars due to personal biases, because somehow they managed to Buffalo manages to always play terrible against him. I don't know if Josh Allen sees a player with the same name and he's like, whoa. <laughs> and it just throws him off his rhythm. You think but... he thinks it's like a mirror? <laughs> like he's looking at him, like raising his right hand, waiting to see if the other Josh Allen will raise his too. <laughs> and then Josh Allen just sacks him. <laughs> but yeah, I actually really like the Jags in this one. I like some of their defensive pieces against Purdy in that offensive line from the, the pass block standpoint. I think they can pull this off. The Niners. That is the other team. Since they started losing. Last three games, all their losses, they have failed. Well, obviously, because they lost and they were the favorite, have failed to cover the spread. Yeah, what's the record against the spread right now? uh, Four, four, three, and one. They 
pushed against the Rams. So, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> I think that game Sean McVay kicked a field goal that didn't mean anything that pushed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is... I don't, know, I don't know if this should be Jags plus three. I, I would take Jags money line plus 138 right now. Go for the upset. So are you buying into the Josh Allen spikier? Like, he is way more sacks this year than he's ever had before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm buying in. So right now, say free agency time comes, Josh Allen is on the free agent market. Are you signing him to Buffalo for $18 million a year? $18 million? Well, shit, isn't Sweat just signing an extension that's getting him 19 Yeah, I think $18 million coming off the year he's having would be very reasonable. That's the answer to my question. Are you signing that if you're Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, if all of a sudden we find the big chunk of cap space in a secret bank account, then yeah, I'll go ahead and sign him to that. I mean, this Jags Stephon defense. Diggs. Give him Stephon yeah. Diggs money. All right. Stop saying ridiculous things. <laughs> all right. Stop being Skip Bayless with the crazy hot takes just for the clicks. How dare you? Also, I would never root for the Cowboys. What's helping Josh Allen and some of these people in the front seven? Jaguars currently have the third highest graded secondary. But point is being the secondary is playing well. That helps out the front seven. Let's give Josh Allen more time to get home. I want, yeah, I, I don't know how to find this, but I wonder what the time to throw against Jacksonville is typically. Yeah, unfortunately, I wish PFF under premium stats had the option to like pull up. I don't like. I wish there was some kind of like opponent game log. You could pull up like. You get what I'm saying. Like yeah. how all quarterbacks performed against them. All right, Mike. Any more? Any more thoughts on uh, 49ers Jags? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, Mike, I believe you have the last two games oh, yeah. here because we already covered two of mine. So Yeah. So, I mean, not the sexiest matchup when you really compare the teams, but it is a divisional game. They can get weird. I got Cleveland at Baltimore. Now, at first, I see Cleveland-Baltimore. I'm like, divisional game. Baltimore is a great, a great defense that could keep this closer than it should be. And then I... And looking at it, reminded myself that the Ravens beat them 28-3 to in Week 4. Yeah, that's what surprised me when you put this on there. Because they've already played yeah. each other, and the Ravens stomped their ass. Just stomped them. And now I think the Ravens are playing even better football, possibly, than they were at that point in the year. So that's an even scarier situation they find themselves in. The Raven train is a-rolling. Yeah, I, just, I was trying to think if I can convince myself that as good as this Browns defense is, I mean, it would only take what? Lamar scored four touchdowns last time they played. He gets three. They if Against the Browns, I feel like if you can hit 21 points. If you can hit 17 points. Yeah. I mean, unless they're playing the Colts, which ended up 39-38. But, like, last... Taking out the Colts game, in their last four, their three scores were 19 against San Francisco. 20 against the Seahawks and then 27 against the Cardinals, but it is the Cardinals. And I, I don't have it pulled up, so I'm not sure that so there could be defensive scores in there. Maybe I can't, I don't remember how that game went, believe it or not. I didn't really download Cleveland versus Arizona into my memory from last week. All we know <laughs> is that Miles Garrett didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. But this could also be one of those games where if Cleveland somehow like sneaks out with like a win, then you're sitting there going, Jesus Christ, they're in the divisional race. Like, they can't keep getting away with this. It's currently Baltimore minus six and a half. I, I would take that for sure. Over under of 38. 
I don't know, what, what do you think of that, Adam? I would stay away from the over-under in this game. Yeah, I agree. Especially at that number, 38. Like, that's relatively low, but they didn't cover that last time. No, the, only, the total was only 30. It's one of those games where, like, they held Baltimore to 28 last time, which is funny to say to talk about a defense today they held them to 28 like it's some sort of accomplishment <laughs> but like the like we said the broncos put up like 20 or the broncos the ravens put up like 21 points they'll probably be sitting fine so and the browns can't score so I, if anything i do kind of like the under there but not confident enough to bet it um so, browns and ravens they one of those two teams either ranks first or second in Defensive EPA per play, success rate, first opponent first downs per game, opponent's punts per game, opponent score per game, touchdowns allowed, and yards allowed. It's like these two defenses are a mile ahead of anyone else. Yeah, they're both really good. So if you like good defensive matchups... Which no one I, actually does. I do. No one actually does. I like good defensive matchups when they are accompanied also with good offenses. Because then it becomes how can... Do you like good offensive matchups? Yeah, I guess that what I I just said a hot take of I like good teams playing each other. <laughs> Cuz then it's fun to be like, "Oh, how is this offense going to try to find a hole in this defense and vice vice versa?" Versa vice versa? versa? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Trying to see. So, Mike, Ravens remaining schedule including this game. Just tell me, win or loss. Browns. Win. Chargers. Win. Bengals. They won the first one. That was bad calf burrow. I think the Bengals will we'll get that next one. Okay. Bye week. Push. Rams. Win. Jags. Win. San Francisco. Ooh. Super Bowl preview, according to my predictions. Where is that game being played? Uh, that is being played in Baltimore. Trick question. I don't care. Baltimore. <laughs> Miami. Oh, defense is too good. Baltimore. And Pittsburgh. Baltimore. That one's wow. week 18, so that might be... Backup. Backups. But yeah, outside of that, you have one loss on the schedule, according to you, left. Yeah. Like, that That would make this team 15-2. and two. I think they're that... I think they're that kind of caliber team. They're just... They just excel at so many areas. Like, the air and the ground. Yeah, and, like, their line can block. Best kicker in the league. Best kicker in the league. They can get pressure. They can get pressure, even if some of that isn't all the the line. Some of it is just the secondary is so good. You know, the, the overused term. See, right there, that's a coverage sack. Because <laughs> the quarterback didn't know where to throw the ball. Why is Foghorn Leghorn telling me about <laughs> Foghorn? If I did Fog, Foghorn Leghorn, it would be a much more racist. We both, we thing. both so botched Foghorn. Jesus, I did it again. Foghorn <laughs> Leghorns. No, if uh, that was Ferger Lingern, it would be totally different. I think he That's, played in Murray State. Steam just they do so many things good that even if Lamar comes out and has a weird game will be okay and also like no offense i don't think gus edwards should be having the performances he is i think this offensive line is just playing very well right now he's so big though he's so, he's big. so big yeah i also just want to quick shout outs to john harbaugh 
and that that entire staff for having mm-hmm. like a good defense every year, but still firing Wink Martindale to bring in Mike McDonald's McDaniel's McDonald's Mike McDonald, McDonald. Mike McDonald's, yeah, yeah, because they were like our defense is good, but it could be better, and he they were right. Mike McDonald is like the best defensive coordinator in the league right now. Maybe a Giro Evero. But there's competition, right? Like, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Yeah. Uh, also, real quick, real quick. Well, man, I cannot speak today. That's basically on brand for me. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. Um, to go back to last week's podcast, when we were talking about Michael McDonald. I'd made the 30 Rock reference. And I was like, I I'd constantly do that, make references that only you are going to get. But if one person listened to this and just kind of chuckled and smirked, it was worth it. Yeah, send us an email. Send us an email, townalonepod at gmail.com. If you heard Mike sing, Jenna Maroney singing Michael McDonald and chuckled. Yes. No, that would we'll send you a t-shirt. Day. We don't have any official merch, but I'll just put one of Mike's t-shirts in a box and send it to you. I'm working on a hashtag BCF t-shirt. <laughs> Like it has to happen. Um, so anything else on this game? Or you got me to dish out my last notable? Yeah, Ravens are better than the Browns on offense, and it's not even particularly close. Yeah. If you're going to bet on this game, just bet Browns offensive unders. Almost whatever they are. Like, if you found out that it was, like, Deshaun Watson uh, under 150 yards passing, you taking the over or the under? Deshaun Watson 150 yards on the dot, or did you say over? 150 and a half, if it makes you feel better. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't really affect my opinion. So you're taking the over the end of there, bud. Okay, that's the question I thought you had, but I felt really bad if I asked you to repeat another part of your question. Um, I'm still taking the under. I can already feel myself editing that so that you just answer my question when I ask it. Yeah, and I that's what I appreciate about you. Is that you do things like that for me. All right, Mike, let's talk about this other game. By the way, notably, whenever we do these podcasts, well, first Mm -hmm. off, whenever we do these podcasts, I say the term notably a lot. But second, I have an absurd amount of notes for all of this. I try not to overdo it with numbers. I can sometimes, but I have an absurd amount of notes. I decided to go in raw on this one. No notes whatsoever for Commander Seahawks. Oh, me neither. I, I have like this one point I really wanted to drive home. And that is, this game is going to be, it, it's going to be so on brand for the Commanders. And that, this is going to be that weird four o'clock slate that ends up like 38-35 overtime. This and I feels feel like, to me like a game the Commanders lose 100 times out of 100. Yeah. Like, I think they're going to lose, but it's going to be another one of those like, wow, Commanders put up like 35 points <laughs> and like hung with this team and then just lost in the end. If you said when you think weird, like weird, like weird game where a team that's not as good as the other, like they put up like big points, like ones you just really wouldn't expect. I always say like commanders, like that's the team I think of. Yeah. Cause they just have random weeks where they're like, what if this week we score 34 points? Yeah. And like Logan Thomas will have like 85 yards and two touchdowns. What <laughs> is like, with you and Logan Thomas? What is, what's the deal there? I don't know. Where did he go to school? Virginia Tech. He was a tight end turned quarterback, and then he went back to tight end in the NFL. It was the better route for him to be in the They league. never bring that up. They never tell you. When they talk about him in the NFL, they're never like, he played tight end in high school. It's always quarterback turned tight end. They never bring up he played tight end before. Yeah, he got recruited to Tech as a tight end, and they switched him to quarterback. Yet Chris Hogan played lacrosse, and they just never shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, any 
position because like, there's some wide receivers who play the little quarterback and like oh if they ever like do a double pass the announcers are like can't wait to get out the line if you, you know he played some quarterback in college <laughs> i wish we had that more with weird positions like if the left tackle also played quarterback yeah and we had like a double pass with the left tackle through the ball so washington coming off a dub against the patriots could be Which rolling was now. Also a weird game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't the line's minus six and a half. I kind of like Washington plus six and a half. What do you think the commander's record would have to be for them to not fire Rivera at the end of the season? Ten and seven? That would be the first ten win team that Ron Rivera would have had since the Panthers made the Super Bowl. Yeah, no offense, Ron Rivera. He's had himself a very good career. He was a phenomenal defensive coordinator. He was kind of a one-hit wonder. With that Panther season. That has won him so much, too. He like I, I can't remember if we were talking about this on the podcast or not, but he might be the best coach at talking to owners in the NFL. Because his rep is way higher than his stats or scoreboard or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he has... Because of his time in the league, and like, there's obviously not a lot of bad talk about him. He just has so much respect in football circles. Like that's clear to see. He builds a culture, Adam. Builds a culture that can't win ten games. So for the Commanders to hit the, we need a term for this. The the line of deroncation. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll workshop it. We need a term for the line in which Ron Rivera keeps his job. They would need to go six and two the rest of the way by your measure. So let's go through their schedule here. You tell me where those six wins are. Yeah. Commander Seahawks this weekend. I think the Seahawks like edge them out by three in a fun game. All right. Giants Commanders next Sunday. Yeah, I could have to, uh, I think they can handle Tommy DeVito. Commanders Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That has all the makings of another weird, like, 2017 game, but it'll be 2017 Cowboys. Okay. That means, stopping right there, those are the only two losses that Ryan, that Ron Rivera can afford before hitting the line of derobcation. Oh, no. Okay. The next week, so they have, uh... God damn, what, our bye is so late in the season. The next week, at home, against the Dolphins. Okay. That's December 3rd. Yeah. A little chilly in Maryland. Get some bad weather, a little slushy, a little mix of the rain, a little mix of the snow. They could pull out the upset, but with me not knowing the forecast, I'll take the Dolphins. Oh, Ron Rivera, you've just been fired with only yep. one more win. And we'll probably that, lose. Just to go through there at the Rams, which is the Sean McVay revenge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Jets, at home for the 49ers, and at home for the Cowboys to end the season. Woo! It's a rough yep. one. That's a rough stretch. Cowboys at the end of the season, they could get lucky and Cowboys could be playing all their backups. San Francisco, they'll be in trouble. And even the Jets and the Rams with some of the defense and pass rushing situation there. They're not they're not locks. Rams are gonna puka all over us. They're gonna puka so hard on Emmanuel Forbes. <laughs> He's gonna get Nakuid right in the kisser. <laughs> get Nakuid so hard. I was just gonna say, I have this label one as like that sneaky weird game of the week. 
All right, Mike, any more thoughts on week 10 of NFL action? No. Yeah. Well. No, like, I don't know. Like, I always, my my eyes always gravitate to, ooh, NFC East matchup, but not even me can use that to sell me on watching Giants-Cowboys. Uh, some of the ugh games of the week would be Titans-Bucks and Jets-Raiders. Aiden O'Connell, how dare you? Why are you always coming on here trying to besmirch the good name of Aiden O'Connell? I, I can't handle it if the Raiders play another bad New Jersey-based team. Somehow pull out a win in like a 7-6 game because the Jets' offense is terrible, but their defense is good. Also, did you hear, did you see all the notes coming out, like all the stories and the quotes from frustrated offensive players for the Jets after the Monday night game? What the fuck were you expecting when Zach Wilson took over at quarterback? Like, did you think this was, like, in your head, did you see a different outcome? They also, reports came out that they tried to trade for Devontae Adams. Which, Devontae Adams is a great receiver, I get it. But it really is, like, you know, they're calling and they're like, what can we get for Devontae Adams? And one room over is Garrett Wilson, one of the best young wide receivers in the league, not doing anything, not catching any passes, not getting any touchdowns, not gaining any yards. And their solution was, you know what would really fix this is if we added another wide receiver into the mix. There is this, like, thought with some NFL teams are like, well, they had Rodgers, so they thought this was going to go different. But now they're trying to salvage something, and they're like, all right, Zach Wilson's bad. What if we put all pro-level weapons around him? That could work for, like, a like a Jared Goff. Brock Purdy. Yeah, that works. You're, like, a solid, playing, like, a solid quarterback. Give you weapons, and you can, you'll win games. Zach Wilson is so below that line <laughs> that you could give him Jerry Rice and T.O. in their prime, and it would not work. Yeah, wide receivers have to have a catchable ball to do what they do. Yeah, and if the catchable ball is five da- five yards behind them going into the dirt, it, it's just, it's a tough one to get back to and get. We talk ourselves into him at the second overall pick. It, it was a weird one, too. Like, that was like a late during the draft process. All of a sudden, it was like, Zach Wilson from BYU climbing up draft boards. and it, But part of that was it was just a bad QB draft. It was supposed to be a great QB draft, though. Who? That's Fields. That's yeah. uh, Zach Wilson. That's Trevor Lawrence. One of those worked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of those worked out. Early return show that. Yeah. Are you getting up early to watch Colts Patriots? I mean, I'll be up. I'll put it on. Yeah. And what are we doing in Germany? Uh, hey, well, but since we're not talking about anything, Mike, real quick, uh, just temperature test. Caleb Williams, still number one overall pick? Yeah, you know, he played a good game against Washington. They went toe-to-toe with the number five team in the country, and their defense just couldn't get a stop. Did you know? So... I knew this, but I'm wondering, did you, do you know what the name of their now fired defensive coordinator is if you didn't see the news? For USC? Okay, the news I saw was that Caleb Williams went to Lincoln Riley in tears, and that's when Lincoln Riley decided to fire the defensive coordinator, and my response to that was, well, now I definitely want Drake May. Really? 
Yeah, my quarterback's crying over the defense. Come on, what are you doing here? I, I don't know his name, by the way. Oh, his, his name was Alex Grinch. They fired him before Christmas. That's so <laughs> sad. Now he's going to come back and steal all the presents from the USC players. Uh, it is funny. It took him this long after their <laughs> their last four games gave up last five games now gave up 41 41 48 34 to utah which is arguably uh, not the worst offense but maybe the second worst offense in the pac-12 uh 49 to california that's a bad look and then obviously 52 to washington how did it take them that long to make i don't get that but because they needed caleb williams to go cry to lincoln riley (laughs) first well, did, the demons is playing. I'm the number one pick. Did you see the the video from like right after the game? No, was he also crying then? So his mom was like obviously in like the front row of one part of the stands. He literally ran over there, like hopped up on the rail and was like in her arms, crying. And he she was like covering his face with like a little like paper sign that she had or whatever. And you could like see him like he was definitely sobbing based on like the movement of his body. And part of me feels bad for him. And also part of me feels bad for him because there's a lot of people who are going to put a negative spin on that. I'm one of those. You um, are definitely one of them. Yeah. How about you give me a quarterback who acts like an adult? Then I'll, uh, I'll really want them to play for my NFL team. Yeah. Not a good look for Caleb Williams, unfortunately. Yeah. The, it's gonna, I'm going to start talking about him as being tiny. How about that? How about if that's my new take? <laughs> Caleb Williams, tiny. Six one, you know, not the biggest Just, guy in the room. He, when they do those Heisman House commercials, you shouldn't look a little smaller than Baker Mayfield. That's not a good look. <laughs> That's not good because in my head, Baker Mayfield's five ten. <laughs> yeah, like Baker Mayfield is is shorter than Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield grabbed his crotch when they were playing Texas. Uh, was it Texas Tech or whatever? Not no, forever. It was, it, it was uh, um, Kansas or Kentucky, one of those two. Yeah, one of those teams he had beef with in the Big 12. He grabbed his crotch, and people were like, bro, look, look, this guy's... I was like, I think that's badass. Yeah, exactly. It's not like crying in your mom's arms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just to finish up answering, I, the the gap has turned to non-existent between him and Drake May. I mean, going into the year, because NFL teams have to do their job, they were already looking at which one would you go with. And Drake May is a great quarterback, and I'm still on the Bo Nix train. Do not sleep on him. Think he's gonna be the best quarterback in the draft? I wouldn't go that far, but well, then you—he could slip. I think I think he'd be very good, and he could he. I could see a world where he slips to late, later in the first. Washington Commanders new QB Bo Nix. Where are the Commanders picking right now? Let's take a look at this. Like everybody's all over. Now they're picking twelve. Okay. Yeah, like everybody's all over Quinn Ewers as number three. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, Quinn Ewers number three. I'm like, what? That conversation is so much more open when you include in a Michael Penix Jr. and a Bo Nix. Like, why are we just cutting that off? And some people are still mentoring Shadur. Shadur's not coming out. He's staying and playing one more year with his dad. Yeah. He makes so much money, NIL. How about Bo Nix at 37? Who's that? Washington. It's the Montez Sweat pick. I could see him going in the first just because of the QB premium. But then again, if you get late enough... That hasn't to... happened the last few years. Like, the last yeah. few years, we've seen QBs get drafted, like, notably lower than they've been going in mock drafts. I saw... Aren't the Patriots up to, like, five right now? 
Five QBs? No, like fifth pick. Yeah. Now, see, now when we did our like top 10 a few weeks ago and they were around like ninth, I was like, even if it's a bit of a reach, they need to take like a Michael Penix or possibly even a Bo Nix. Five, now you're stretching it. It'll probably take a lineman or some shit. I'm just saying, they lose a few more games. They're in the Drake May conversation. Yeah, really, if they can get... If Arizona like commits to Kyler, doesn't take a QB. Someone's going to trade up for that pick. They're not going to... Yeah. If, they, if, if they decide we're not taking a QB, someone's trading for one. I mean, just look at last year when the Panthers gave up a first and all, all that to move up for Bryce Young. To get the third best quarterback in this draft. Give him time. Give him time. But yeah, if they can move up to a five. Once again, with time, is he going to get taller? I don't know. Even the Giants are ahead of him. What if they are stuck with Daniel Jones? We, we're, we're, we're so far over our <laughs> a lot of time to talk right, about. Well, and let me just, draft. How, about, how about we say our Monday show? We'll do a quick review, and then we'll, we can deep dive the fucking draft all you want. Okay, well, as a little bit of preview, I will say if the Patriots get Drake May, I'll be so fucking incensed. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, if the if the Patriots get Drake May, then right now, would the starting quarterback in the AFC East with the worst career, with the worst college career, be Josh Allen? Yeah. I guess it already is that, right? Because Mac Jones had a better college career than Josh Allen. I mean, Mac Jones is a ring. Something that Josh Allen will never have. All right, Mike. You got any plugs on the way out the door? Yeah, I... Uh... On Saturday this week, as long as Website Master, that is you, can get it up, we'll be going out tonight. Just got to put the finishing touches on it, the little uh, piece de resistance, and that will be I going out. I would love if you could get that to me before I'm going to go to the gym. What time are you going to the gym? You know, after I finish editing the podcast and wait for the crowd to die on. Let's say like 7.30, 8. So that's like 8.39 my time. Yeah, I can do yeah. that. All right. We're, all right. Um, yeah. So look out for that. I'm going to try to tweet more during football weekend. So follow me at Tunnel and Mike. What a New uh, Year's resolution. This I New know. Year, I want to tweet more. I'm going to, I guess I'm going to X more to be exact. It makes it sound like you're doing porn. <laughs> it does. What do, what do you got coming down the pipeline? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so Team Town Alone. Um, Got some talk about just the the quarterbacks at the top end from the team this year, as well as a little bit of talk about Aiden O'Connell and where we are in the midseason awards. Then Saturday, as always, got the basket pod. Be sure to check out our NBA League Pass watchability rankings. Uh, they're a little weird this week, but that's mainly because I had to just screenshot my spreadsheet because my PDF plugin stopped working so i couldn't just upload my pdf beyond that just check out this podcast on monday i guess anything else what's up it's a pbs file <laughs> i just in the pbs file all right with that just uh shout outs to the man who played ray charles and won an oscar for it big cock fox <laughs>